Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Good morning. Wow. Hey, there's a few more people here than the last time I was here, which is an absolute credit to Marty and Rach and the love that you have for people as well. And there's no wall. (laughs) This is so good. Hey, so great to uh, to be here with my wife, Kylie, and our kids are in kids' church as well. And thank you for the very warm welcome. Uh, And also, we want to thank Pastor Ross and Kathy as well, not just for the leadership of this church, but for the movement and Red Frogs as well that we get to uh, serve under. And also, Pastor Jeff and Rhonda say hi. Uh, So, I think that's the list. Yes, it is. Hey, it is so great uh, to be here. There's uh, definitely some familiar faces uh, in the crowd, which is always nice, uh, but also uh, so great to see lots of new faces as well. You're probably not new to this building, but new to us. I don't know... If you guys know the story, my wife, Kylie, and I used to be the campus pastors uh, of this church when it was under Metro Church. So, uh, so great to be back here. Um, And, yeah, I'm actually pretty (laughs) blown away. (laughs) It's faithfulness. It's faithful people that take up the call. And um, I remember when we were chatting at a conference before you'd even said anything about moving to Mandra, and um, I said to Kylie... Something's going on with Marty and Rach. There's a shift coming. And um, I'm so proud of you guys for taking that step. It's massive. It's massive, but your faithfulness has paid off and God will reward you and he will bless you and he will keep your family safe. In Jesus' name, amen. Let me uh, give you a little bit of an update of Red Frogs. Some of you uh, would know of Red Frogs because you bought them at the supermarkets this week or maybe they're on your chair uh, when you came in. But Red Frogs is also a movement of young people that uh, decide and choose to safe and safe, serve and safeguard uh, the next generation. It started in 1997 uh, on the Gold Coast with a youth worker named Andy Goulet uh, who just started going to schoolies uh, week, which is at the end of November, where young people go and you know, their rites of passage and our right to party. Uh, But then in 2000, uh, schoolies had kind of started to infiltrate Western Australia. And uh, for those of you who know Dunsborough uh, quite well, there's a little park on Dunbay Road called Lions Park. And in the year 2000, thousands of young people gathered on that park. Uh, They destroyed shop fronts. They uh, fought each other. There were sexual assaults and violence to the point where the police had to send in the riot squad to Dunsborough. Not only that, it actually ended up on CNN in Texas. Uh, Probably not the profile Dunsborough wanted in America, but that's what happened. Then the officer in charge of Dunsborough Police uh, had heard about what Andy was doing on the Gold Coast, and he rang Andy and said, hey, Andy, I want you to send some crew down to Dunsborough and do what you do on the Gold Coast. Andy's one of these guys that says yes and then finds a way to do it, and he's a real Queensland. He's like, yeah, mate, no worries, I'll send some people. And uh, hangs up the phone, and then he rings uh, a youth pastor at uh, what is now Metro Church, and they, back then was Chantel Packer, and said, hey, Shani, grab some mates, head down to Dunsborough and hand out frogs at Leavers Week. And she's like, Andy, 
what are you talking about? He's like, you'll be fine, mate. And she's like, okay, why don't I come to the Gold Coast? Let me see what you guys are doing over there. And then I'll come back. And next year, I'll do it. He's like, nah, it'll be fine. And then that week, cartons of Red Frogs arrived in her office. Red Frogs uniforms arrived in her office. And also business cards that said, Chantel Packer, State Director, Red Frogs, WA. Um, (laughs) And she was like... Okay, well, I guess this is a thing. So Chantel recruited uh, 19 of her mates and uh, I was in that very first team. We went to a training session that had been filmed on a shaky Handycam uh, VHS video. And on Friday after work, uh, at the end of November, uh, these 20 of us headed to Dunsborough. Uh, we'd found this family that were in a part of the local church down there, uh, Graham and Elaine Dodd and they had this massive two-storey house and so the boys slept on the floor downstairs and the girls slept on the floor upstairs and uh, we kind of got our standard issue red frog t-shirts and our 1.3 kilos of bag of red frogs and told to go and find the levers. Uh, you are a team leader that year if you had a car, very strict recruitment process. Um, and so my team got sent to uh, Four Seasons Caravan Park, which is uh, on the left-hand side as you're coming to Dunsborough. And we parked the car and we kind of start walking, but it's a little bit man versus wild. It's like, where are they? Um, and over in the corner, the bottom right-hand corner, there was a peach cabin. And 20 years later, it's still peach today. Um, and so the lights were on and the music was coming out. And we're like, that's where they are. Um, and so we start walking towards this cabin. But you know when you're walking with your mates and no one wants to get there first? And so you're kind of like taking half steps and you end up walking in a line, not in a group. And so that's how we walk towards this cabin. And then we knock on the door and this little lever peers out. And we're like, do you want red frogs? He's like, yeah, come in. And we're like no way this works. Um, And so we gate-crashed our very first party uh, in Dunsborough in November of 2001. And then we just kept going back and serving and getting involved and we started driving buses to get kids home uh, that had found themselves in the middle of town in Lions Park, we started driving buses home and now that bus system is 50 like Transperth buses, it's a multi-million dollar contract that the government actually give out to bus driving companies because it's better than volunteers getting in a little 12-seater and asking for a gold coin donation, uh, which is how it all started. And then we just, we just kept getting involved and then the state government took a more coordinated approach to it uh, and kind of formed a, a strategy, I guess. And so uh, for the last 20 years, we've, well, the last 20 years we've been serving, but for the last 15 years, we've had a seat on that strategy table being able to serve at Leavers Week. And this year, uh, we're believing that 230 volunteers are going to end up in the southwest wearing a red frog shirt to serve and safeguard young people. One of the things that we do at Leavers Week is we run a call centre. It's a 24-hour hotline that young people can call at any time of the day or night. Some people ring it for red frogs and pancakes. They're a bit confused. They think it's Uber Eats. Uh, And then other people ring uh, for more serious things like uh, my friend's passed out and my friend's in trouble. Can you help us? And last year, that was, I think, 9,875 people rang. That means, and that's Australia-wide, that means, church, that at the biggest underage binge drinking festival in the nation... Young people called the church for help. Do not, do not listen to what the media tells you about the church. The church is not this sleeping giant about to awake. No, no, she's alive and well. Uh, and she's influencing and serving and safeguarding. 
One of the strategy, uh, em, em, uh, strategy things that they implemented in the southwest was a uh, entertainment precinct. They wanted a place where young people could go and party and celebrate. You might have heard of it. It's called the Zone. Um, and so they they put that in place. And uh, a, another faith-based organisation had been running that for 14 years. And then I don't know if you heard about this thing last year called COVID. Um, it kind of like changed everything. Um, um, did it come to Mandra? Kind of, maybe not. <laughs> Lucky or not. Um, anyway, this other organisation decided that um, the zone precinct was a little, was too unsafe and they kind of decided that as an organisation they were no longer going to be involved in that part of the strategy. Uh, and so WA Police were like, we've got no, our borders are closed, so no one's going to Bali, which we anticipate about 2,000 young people go to Bali every year from Western Australia and then we anticipate there's a few thousand that go to the Gold Coast and they're like, with the borders closed, we're going to have the largest uh, congregation of young people in the southwest. We cannot really do this without a zone. So I got a phone call one Monday afternoon uh, from the then project manager who said, remember we were kind of having that random conversation and you said that maybe Red Frogs could run the zone one day? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, you're running the zone. And I'm like, okay. He's like, we need to get this like happening and it needs to happen. So with 52 days to gates open, we were awarded the contract uh, to deliver the zone. That meant that uh, Red Frogs got to build a 20,000 square metre precinct that catered for 10,000 young people over four nights with four buildings and main stages and silent discos and we actually build a, a camp hospital on site at the zone where uh, the Bustleton Health Camp is actually on full divert for Leavers Week for any Leavers related issues. They all go to the zone. So we build all of this. And then 9,500 young people came every night for Leavers. Which meant that last year, apart from the AFL and the Rugby League Grand Final, again, the church ran the biggest event in the nation. The church was out there serving and safeguarding and actually doing and living out what the Bible says about going into all the world. And I remember standing with uh, a leader of another uh, organisation, quite uh, liberal compared to Red Frogs and kind of their views and things like that. And she turned to me, we'd kind of been having a chat for about 20 minutes, and she turned to me and she said, you're a Christian, right? And I'm like, did someone tell you? She's like, yes, they did. I'm like, okay. She's like, apparently you're a minister as well. I'm like, yes, okay. <laughs> all my secrets are out. She says, how do you align your faith with everything that goes on at Leavers Week, with all the, the activities and the behaviours of, of young people at Leavers? How do you align your faith with that? And I looked at her and I said, Lisa... I choose to believe that if this was 2,000 years ago, that Jesus would be in the middle of this zone. And she went, really? And I said, yeah. I said, because the Jesus I read about went to people that needed help, went to the broken, went to the hurting, and actually gave life to them and spoke life and spoke about their future. And she said, hey, I'm a Buddhist, but the Jesus I read about, that's what I believe too. And we become great friends uh, through that whole thing. But, uh, you know, we don't, it's amazing what we get to do with the zone and everything like that, but our core is about showing young people who Jesus is and showing them that Jesus isn't this story in the Bible. He's actually a real living person that loves you, that wants the best for you. So we kind of, so we go back again and, you know, Leavers is happening and we're kind of getting a bit of traction in that space. And then we find out about uni residential colleges where students live on campus and find out that that's pretty much Leavers week every week of the year. Um, and we're like, 
oh, we think they need some help. Uh, so we go in there and we just start cooking pancakes and handing out water at their parties and donuts and things like that. And, and then as that's grown, they've kind of gone, well, what else can Red Frogs do? And we're like, well, we've got access to all these like great speakers because what's amazing about church is just the, the opportunity you get to you know, learn how to pu- speak in public and craft messages and deliver you know, presentations and things like that. And, and they're like, well, what else? And we're like, well, we know these people that can do some great training on leadership and you know, self-leadership. And they're like, well, can they come and speak? And so, so now we go in and we work with all the 17 residences uh, right across WA, delivering not just uh, party support for their students and uh, drop-in centres and pastoral care, but also uh, work with their student leaders and their staff around how to lead in, in that environment, how to change culture, how to bring a shift uh, in those environments. And so what used to be Leavers Week every week of the year is literally nothing like that anymore, where young people would rather go on a cafe crawl than go on a pub crawl, uh, and where they'd rather go on a movie night than go on a gender bender. And so we're actually able to see this culture shift uh, with these young people as well. And then the opportunity opened up to go to music festivals, and so uh, we, well, when they're a thing, they're coming back. They're coming back. It's okay. Um, so going to large, like, 20,000, 30,000 music festivals, handing out, again, water, sunscreen, icy poles, and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but then we kind of were like, well, all these young people are going to parties, and what if we could actually get to them before they go to any of those places and actually give them tips on kind of how to navigate those spaces? And so that's where our high school program uh, kind of started as well. So we started just going in talking about Leavers Week and how not to get evicted or turn your parents into grandparents, and uh, the parents were thankful for that. Um, they're also thankful for the section. Some of you are like, what did he just say? Um, <clears throat> yeah, I did. Uh, and then others uh, where we talk about how not to get evicted and lose your bond, and the parents like that one as well. Um, but then, we're, so we, we're going in there and able to talk to young people about uh, respectful relationships and how to kind of navigate that first time that someone says to you, hey, do you want a beer? What's your response going to be? And getting them to think about how they're going to behave in those environments. And then uh, we had teachers coming up to us and going, can you come and speak to our year 10s about that? And I'm like, yeah, sure. They're like, do you have a year 10 program? I'm like, I reckon we can. Uh, so we, instead of talking about levers, we talk about parties. And so we go into that. And then we started doing things about life after school and how to kind of make that shift from school to, high, uh, school to uni or school to TAFE or even school to the workplace and kind of helping young people see that actually turning up at nine o'clock on a Monday morning for your job is actually a good thing. Um, but then also budgeting and kind of going, hey, you know, you're about to get paid you know, if you're going to full-time work, you're going to get substantially more than what you're getting now. And so teach them how to budget. And so we, are, we use the 70-20-10 rule, where you get to spend 70, save 20, and give 10 away. Um, so we actually teach them tithing without calling it that, which is pretty cool. You normally get a teachers that are like, there's normally one or two that are like, I know what you're doing. And I'm like... <laughs> I'm like, Oprah preaches tithing, so, you know, it must be fine. Uh, so we get in there, we had to do that thing. So we start off just handing out those few uh, kilos of red frogs. Now we hand out 25,000 kilos nationally uh, across all our programs, fully sponsored by Allens as well. But there is a little thing coming up called levers. And uh, some of you might have seen <laughs> that our amazing vaccine commander, Mr Chris Dawson, has mandated that our volunteers have to have one dose of the COVID-19 vaccination. So for some of our volunteers, that's been a bit of a shift, and so they're no longer unable to serve with us. So if at any chance (laughs) you are available at the end of November, we would love to have you on our team. Uh, Chris and Jackie have got some flyers after. I'm going to be around after. We'd love to let you know how how you can be involved in serving Red Frogs. Heather is going to be running our call centre with Stephen this year. Absolute legend. 
down there. So we would love to have you. So let's watch this video. Uh, it's a quick promo to let you know how you can be involved at Leavers Week. Hello? Are you there? You're here again. Stuck in your own mind. You've got to make a choice, you know that? Time to show up. Time to step up. I believe in you. Time to throw off the fear. I can. We can. One choice is all it takes. So redfrogs.com.au forward slash apply now. We would love for you, uh, if you can, to be a part of Leavers Week. I know that uh, Pastor Marty is going to come down and do a bit of a VIP tour and come and do a day in the life of a red frogger. We'll get him out into some caravan parks catching vomit. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Just preparing you for when your children are teenagers. <laughs> hey, let's uh, jump in our Bibles to Mark chapter 2. Um, I want to share the word with you this morning and if you're taking notes and want a title, it's not a very nice title but it's going to make sense, uh, you matter but your name doesn't. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1 uh, says this, and again he entered Capernaum after some days and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door and he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. And when they could no longer come near him uh, because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they'd broken through, they let down uh, the bed on which the paralytic was laying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned this within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason about these things in your heart which is easy to say to the paralytic your sins are forgiven you or arise take up your bed and walk but that you may know that the son of man has power on earth to forgive sins so he said to the paralytic i say to you arise take up your bed and go to your house immediately he arose took up the bed and went to the presence of them all and they were amazed glorifying god saying we've never seen anything like this before you would have all heard the, uh, the little sayings and cliches around teamwork makes the dream work and maybe in a football team, not that I've ever really played uh, AFL. My dad wanted me to play rugby because he was from Queensland, so he took me down to South Perth uh, one Saturday afternoon and was standing on the sidelines and he was like, you know, Hayden, maybe you can play rugby. And I kind of stood there as this eight-year-old boy and uh, there was this big, um, what's it called? <laughs> where they like fight over the ball. Scrum, yeah, that. <laughs> a scrum, there was a scrum. Um, and, and then after the scrum, this guy got carried off in a stretcher with blood all over his face, but he walked straight past where we were. And I looked at dad and I went, nah. Um, so that's why I don't even know what a scrum is. 
I don't know, I just forgot. Um, but, you know, the football, when you look at the football team, it takes everyone, or maybe it's the netball court or whatever team sport you might be a part of, that it takes everyone. But we normally don't know the names of the other, maybe the other people on the opposition team, but we know that them as a person matter when they turn up and the fact that they're there. You know, what if this week people didn't turn up and clean the bathrooms or, you know, forget that they're on the host roster? We would notice. We would notice that people were missing and maybe even if old mate didn't practice the scales on the guitar or uh, Chris didn't listen to the click track about the timing, then, you know, we'd all start to notice that things kind of weren't in the right place because you matter, but maybe your, day, your name doesn't. It's not because of what you can do, but it's because of who you are and who lives in you, but also who died for you. It's what you bring to this church, the community that you're a part of, especially the one that you live and work in. You know, what I love about that story in Mark chapter 2 is that God is glorified. But the four guys that brought their friend to Jesus, we actually don't even know their names. But through it all, Jesus was made famous. And that man on the stretcher, his life was the one that changed, but we don't know their names. And you know, it's not always about the cost, but what they, but what they did with the skills and the talents that they had in that thing. That's why we take pride in things like, you know, for Red Frogs, it's our interactions and, and all that. And I know you take pride in your building and seriously, how good does it look in here? It's amazing. The red curtain's gone in Jesus' name. <laughs> Or the oldie said, amen. It looks great. You take pride in those sort of things. And, you know, it's not about having pride in the building, but it's about representing Jesus well and representing our faith well and what we believe. And so that's why we believe in that because our reputation goes before us, don't it? doesn't it? You know, if I had a bit more time, we'd, we'd jump into Kings where we talk about Queen Sheba and how uh, Solomon, she went to Solomon's house and, you know, she looked around at all the things that were there and the um, guards and the hosts that were there and the food and the way that it was displayed. And, you know, she was impressed by all of that, but she turned around and said to him, it's because of your God. I see your God at work in here and my life has been changed because of that. And so those things do matter because people notice that and that's our reputation uh, in all of that. But, you know, what if those four guys, we'll go back to Mark chapter 2, what if those four guys that were carrying the stretcher actually thought that it was all about them? And this was their moment to kind of shine. So do I have four volunteers? (laughs) Come on, Kel. Yep, one, two, three, four. Yep, first four up here. He's our stretcher. Come on down. How are you? Hello. Good. I'm Hayden. Tim. Hey, Tim. Hello. Nice, nice to, to meet, meet you. you. I think I've heard about you. <laughs> Do you have a pretty important job? So, so we've got our four guys. We've got to get a guy on the roof, okay? So we've got these four people that are... And, you know, they care about their friend. Why don't I swap? That'd probably... That'd be better. Yeah. You know, they really care about their friend and their mate because they want it... They, you know, they're sick of carrying him around everywhere. Um, so they're like, well, there's this guy, Jesus, and apparently he heals people, so why don't we get our friend of Jesus? But what if, you know, these guys were like, you know what? How good. This is the start of our ministry. And, you know, what, if we're in ministry, what have we got to do? 
we've got to take a selfie. Um, and so Tim gets his phone out and he's like trying to take selfies in the right angles and all that sort of stuff. And it kind of stops being about Jesus and their friend and kind of starts being about Tim. Would the guy get to Jesus? Well, he'd eventually get there, but it's just going to take a little bit longer. Or what if, you know, Jeremy's there going, you know, they're all walking that way because they can see down the end of the street there's a crowd of people, but Jeremy's like, nah, he's over this way. Um, we, we need to go this way to get there. And so there's this whole discord uh, in there as well. Or what if Kelly just decided it's too hard and so she just goes home? Um, and just goes, you know what? No, no, you can go sit down. Yeah, yeah. Literally just goes home. And it's like, nah, it doesn't matter anymore. And so now there's three people here and they're trying to get their friend to Jesus. They start to matter, don't they? Who these people are in their character and what they bring to this situation actually starts to matter. Because when you kind of think about it, you know, old mate on the stretcher, they've got to get him on the roof. Like, imagine if right, we're preaching right now, how cool would it be if it just opened up? Um, but, you know, <laughs> I didn't get, my, prop, I didn't get my, my list in early enough, my, my, my diva list. I want the roof to open at this part of my service. I don't want to stretch. But, you know, like, they've got to get up on the roof. Now, these, these houses weren't great, hey? Like, we're talking, like, mud huts with straw. They're, like, padded down with cow poo. Like, these are, like, really good friends because they've got to get their friend up on there and then they've got to get some more ropes and get him down. But then who... We don't even know what happened to the hole in the roof. Like, where they just went, you know, skylights are in now if you're watching the block. You know, just the velux, you know, just leave them up there. But it's all about Jesus, isn't it? It's all about doing whatever it takes to get our friends to Jesus. What if the miracle for your friends or your family is just around the corner and it just takes that one more step, that little bit more work, that one more casserole, that one more just a random phone call to go, hey, I've been thinking about you today. What if that is where the miracle is sitting? Right there. We can't get complacent. We can't get tired. We can't think that it's too hard because the world matters to Jesus and so it should matter to us. And our friends and our family matter. Let's give these guys a round of applause. Thank you. You know, there would be no miracle if they just fought about the whole thing. They wouldn't even got to the house, let alone got him on the roof. Their friend would still be on the stretcher. And, you know, it's really purpose over preference, isn't it? Yeah. You know, I know that I've done what I thought I should do, not what I wanted to do. And I believe that that's where the miracle is, not just in my life, but in other people's lives as well. What I love also about this, uh, this story in, Mark, in verse 5 Jesus sees their friend on the stretcher, but he looks at the four of them and he says, because of your faith, his sins are forgiven. What faith are you bringing to your friend's circumstances? When people call you and go, look, the bank's going to foreclose on my mortgage, or this is happening with my children, or this is happening in my workplace, do you bring faith to that situation, or do you go, oh my gosh, it must be so hard, or do you go, let's pray? I want to pray. For, I'm a, maybe they're unsaved. I was chatting with a friend this week whose marriage is on the rocks and he was being real or bravado about it. And I said, mate, for what it's worth, I'm going to be praying for you. And that broke him. He was sobbing like a child on the phone to me. What faith do you bring to situations? Some of you would know a great lady who leads Red Frogs in New South Wales, Claudine Alami, and a great friend of ours. She was Kylie's bridesmaid at our wedding. But I know that if I want faith in a situation, I call Claudine. 
And she brings faith. She goes, Hayden, let's pray. Hayden, have you prayed about that? And she challenges me about my faith because we should be bringing faith uh, to those situations because it's about the big picture. The part that you plays matter. Do not let anyone or anything stop you from getting people to Jesus. Because I think what's going to happen is I think that we don't know the prayers that our friends and our family have prayed. And maybe you've had loved ones that have passed away and you're like, oh, I'd lo- I, I want to believe they've gone to heaven, but I don't know. Or maybe it's just those random interactions you've had with people on the street where you've gone, well, God bless you, but you don't really know what happens. You know what I, maybe this is, I don't know, this is probably not in the Bible, but I've got a certificate that says I'm a pastor. So, um, but I think we're going to get to heaven and people are going to go, were you that guy in Dunsborough that cooked a pancake for me? Sorry, what's your name? And they're going to go, but did you? There was this one day where you paid for my groceries at the supermarket and you just said, God bless you. Do you know that actually like shifted faith in me? Sorry, what's your name? And we're going to have, hear all these stories coming back and they're going to end with, sorry, what's your name? Because it's not about our name. It's about who we are and what we carry in the living Christ that is in amongst us. I remember you, but sorry, what's your name? Because they see Jesus, don't they? They get drawn to Jesus. And so we've just got to be real about it and not this airy, fairy, bless ya. Christianese is terrible. But let me remind you that all of you matter because we read in Mark chapter 6 and verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you'll put on. It's not more life than food and body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Free-range lilies down south. It's lots of fun. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry, saying, what should we eat or what should we drink or what should we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things shall be added unto you. Do not worry about your tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things, sufficient for the day as it's his own troubles. You know, not only does he pre- prepare you for your tomorrows, he knew your tomorrow before your days even began. He knows. The Holy Spirit has gone before you and he's going to keep you safe. He's going to protect you. He's going to lead you and guide you. We read about it in Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. Not only does he have a great plan for you, but he sent his son to die for you. Because that's what matters most, your eternity. You matter. Who you are matters. What you bring matters. There are people that I can't reach. There are people that I will never be able to be friends with. We just won't click. But you can reach them. But there are also people in your community and in your workplaces and at your sporting clubs and, and all those places where you do life during the week where you can reach them. And they can be acted, impacted and inspired by your stories and the faith that you bring to situations. Not me. 
You know, I'm so blessed that, you know, I've got an amazing staff team that work with me, but also uh, hundreds of volunteers that go out and do amazing things. And I, there's, there's days where I'm just like, do I, what am I doing? But our team are out there serving and safeguarding and having these conversations and reaching people that I could never reach. Because I'll sit for hours and talk to people about, you know, like Minecraft. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Oh. I go to schools and I'm like, I feel so old sometimes going to schools. I'm like, ugh. But, you know, we take our young crew in there and they're all in there and they did this. We went to a school the other day, fairly significant girls' school in the city, and uh, one, of the, one of my staff presented part of it and was like, should we teach Boss Frog a TikTok? And I'm like, you're what? Um, so... <laughs> They had a minute to teach me a TikTok, um, which is the one that Craig Rochelle did this week, which I'm like, the best, best friends ever. Um, so, <laughs> do the whole thing. Uh, no, I can't remember it. Um, girls, girls, girls. Yeah, anyway. Um, but, you know, they can relate to those young people and I can get out there and have some fun. And yes, I have TikTok and it's fun, but I didn't think I'd ever be creating a dance with 150 year 12 girls on their last day of school, although it was a lot of fun. Um, but we, you can reach people that I'm never going to be able to reach uh, because, you know, we read in John 3.16, for God so loved all of them as well, that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so I'm praying for you, I'm believing with you, and I'm believing that this community is going to continue to be impacted by your life. Uh, and the faith that you bring to situations and the love that you show for people, even if you don't get a chance to tell them what your name is. Because you matter. Because you matter. Shall we pray? Team, why don't you come?